everybody, welcome to another Hoss Talks Foss. I'm here today to talk about my rocks and, you know, rocks DB with uh, Vamsi from Quora. How are you today, Vamsi? Good. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. So, um, Vamsi, I saw this blog post you did and was very intrigued by it. I know Vadim uh, sent it over to me and said, like, wow, you should really have Vamsi on, on the podcast to talk about his journey uh, to using RocksDB because it was so interesting. And I, I read through the blog and, I, you know, came up with some, uh, you know, some some interesting questions, some things. But I, I figured it'd be a good place to maybe just tell everybody a little bit about you and uh, your background. Sure. So I am Vamsi. I joined Quora maybe two and a half years ago, like around December 2018. And I am an engineer in the core infrastructure team at Quora. So, uh, yeah, my focus has been more on databases, um, but the team itself deals with uh, databases, caches, um, content delivery networks, monitoring, bunch of other stuff. So, uh, yeah, and before Quora, I have been working at uh, Pinterest, Facebook, and so on. But uh, I've been doing similar stuff, like databases stuff all along. So, yeah, that's... Uh, okay, so databases at scale, because all of those are fairly large infrastructures. Yes. Right? Sure. So tell me, maybe just give us a little bit of idea on Quora's infrastructure. How, how big is it in general? Yeah, so um, Quora has uh, more than 300 million monthly active users. So, um, yeah, okay. and I think um, yeah, we, we are a much smaller company in terms of number of employees. So, um, yeah, less than 300 employees. So, um, yeah, I think uh, from that perspective, that that um, um, is a lot of opportunity for impact, like for anyone who is working at Quora. So, yep. And, and go ahead. Go ahead. So, and Quora does uh, kind of question and answers, right? For those who aren't familiar with the business, right? So, okay. the mission and of so Quora three, is okay. Yeah, the mission of Quora is to share and grow the world's knowledge. So, um, the, at the heart of Quora is uh, questions because the question and answer is a very good format for sharing knowledge, right? So, Quora is uh, trying to connect people who uh, have the knowledge and people who need the knowledge and also to bring together people with the different perspectives. And yeah, so in the last few years, you know, Quora uh, has also launched uh, um, spaces and subscriptions, which basically allow uh, people to also make some money from the knowledge that they are sharing. So um, yeah. Okay. And I saw that your stack in it had uh, quite diverse. You had MySQL, you had HBase, Redis, Memcache, um, you know, a little bit of everything, it seemed. Yes, like, yeah. So it has um, grown over time. And so we initially started off with um, MySQL. So the users' questions, answers, they were being stored in MySQL. Um, but at that time, no, we had not implemented sharding in MySQL. So um, we brought in HBase mainly for, um, um, say, generated data. You, you might be having offline jobs which generate some data, uh, but then you may need to access that data with very low latency from the web 
the product. So, um, so for, for those cases, we brought in HBase because those data sets could be large and and also HBase provides some of these features like time to live and uh, so on. So if you want to get rid of data you know, automatically, if they have if it is not updated in the last week or last month or so. So HBase provides those features. And so we brought in HBase. And, and of course, caching is something that uh, everyone needs to do to reduce the load on their databases. So we use memcache and then um, Redis cache is being used mainly for the data structures that it uh, provides, right? If you want to cache less okay. or these other data structures, that's when the Redis cache becomes attractive. So yeah. So I, I hope that uh, answers uh, uh, some of these questions about why okay. we are using all these. Yeah. And so your background is, you know, um, kind of across all of these, but uh, you 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 have used quite a bit of MySQL, correct? Sure. And so when you're managing like a MySQL or a, a, a relational database at scale, what are some of the tools that you've used? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> Like often uh, people need to at some point uh, build uh, some form of sharding. So that's, uh, I would say that's, uh, um, that becomes necessary at some point. Then besides that, the usual, the backups and then the, the MySQL replication. So those things uh, uh, are needed definitely. Uh, and uh, yeah, so here at Corana, we built internally some tools to allow us to monitor like what queries are running on MySQL and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So you've built a lot of your own scripts and infrastructure to support the environment because your environment has real specific nuances and, and differences. And sure. I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, so so you've got this big environment, you know, you're, you're managing it. Um, and so there's there, there's a decision point to try and move away from HBase. So you brought it in at some point in the history of um, Quora, uh, someone brought it in, and now you're looking to remove it. What, what was kind of the driving factor to consider moving away from HBase? Yeah, so um, the read performance, you know, uh, was one of the problems. So the machine learning related use case Alchemy, you know, about which we wrote a blog post, a different blog post as well. So they were complaining about the performance issues, the read latencies and stuff. So um, that was one thing. Then the other thing was um, uh, we were using both MySQL and HBase. Both of these are very complex and very different from each other. So practically speaking, you know, there is no knowledge or tools sharing that can happen between these two. So um, like no, nobody ever wrote a tool that works for both MySQL and HBase, right? So um, yeah, so that was um, the yeah double the complexity when we hire a new engineer or even if we hire experienced engineer, you know, they may not be familiar with both MySQL and HBase. So yeah, these were the two main reasons like the, the read performance, especially the P99 performance, read performance, and uh, um, the fact that MySQL and HBase are so different and both are complex, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned P99, and that's something that 
Um, a lot of us in the database space are familiar. Some some of our listeners might not be. Um, you know, maybe tell us in your words, you know, the importance of what that P99 is. And just so listeners understand, when we talk about P99, what we're talking about is uh, the latency that 99% of the queries come back as. So you kind of yeah. throw out the 1% outlier and you look at that 99. So why is that important to uh, a company like Quora? Yeah, so one reason is that often uh, application may need to, the product may need to make um, multiple database requests. You know? They may need to retrieve multiple data items from the database. So, uh, yeah, so the P99, uh, the, if the P99 is slow, you know, uh, we may be thinking that, oh, okay, only 1% requests are slow, but from the application perspective, you know, it might be much larger than 1% because they are making re multiple requests and they're trying to retrieve multiple data items, right? So that's one thing. The other thing is, um, we have to remember that there are different users and sometimes these power users and they might be running into these P99 latency issues and they are also very important users for us, right? So we don't want to be making them unhappy. So that, that's another reason. Those are like the two sides. Uh, um, yeah. So, so you really want consistency across your, your query so people can understand that they're going to get the same user experience when they're accessing the application. There's not surprises, um, but you can also make some predictions on when you might need to add hardware, when you might need to change configuration, when you might need to tune. So, it, it, you know, having the consistency really does matter, doesn't it? Uh, you mean consistency of performance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predictability, sure, sure, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it might be a better word. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Um, yes, I think I that think you know, predict the, predictability and consistency of performance also matters. Sure, yeah. Because I know that there's nothing worse than having a user, let alone a power user, who is all of a sudden like, I normally run this in a minute, and now it's taking you know ten minutes. Right. And those are just oh, those are so hard to deal with. Sure. So. You're looking at this move to try and improve your um, read performance. Um, and you've got, you mentioned that the data set in HBase is quite large. Um, you know, that was one of the reasons for originally moving to HBase. Um, you know, you, you ended up choosing MyRox um, in the MySQL solution. Did you, did you evaluate other solutions when you were looking at this? So uh, we have been seeing RocksDB become very popular in the industry, right? So Facebook has adopted RocksDB, Pinterest has adopted RocksDB, Instagram has adopted RocksDB in, in different forms. So the question was not like whether or not to use RocksDB, but it was more like, okay, which RocksDB based system to use, right? Ah, okay. So, and we've, yeah, in that, no, yeah, we, we, we had multiple choices. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, no, we have like, MySQL and HBase, which are two very different systems. And so we wanted to avoid, uh, uh, again, bringing something that's very different from MySQL. So from that perspective, MyRox seemed attractive because a lot of the tools and that we have built, no, tools and also the internal knowledge and expertise, hopefully there can be meaningful sharing of that with MyRox. Uh, but if we if we use let's say Roxandra for example, then we don't have any internal Cassandra 
Cassandra knowledge or experience. So if we use Roxandra, then we need to build that expertise, right? So just to give an example. So from that yeah. perspective, MyRox seemed attractive, yeah. And that's, you know, I've seen that over and over again with, uh, with a lot of uh, folks at different companies where they can do a lot of what they need to do with multiple tools. So they choose the one that's they've got the most expertise or the best chance of success with. Um, try and consolidate there because a, a lot of databases nowadays, um, they handle data differently and there's different use cases for them, but there's a lot of overlapping use cases. And if you fall in one of those overlapping, it's less about the technology and more about you know how comfortable you are and how quickly you can deploy and be successful with it, in my opinion. Um, and I don't know if that's your experience. It kind of sounds like it is. Yes, um, definitely. Yep. You know. Okay, and, and you know, so 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 you 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 have MySQL running, um, and and now you're going to start adding the 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 MyRox portion to it. From the MySQL perspective, um, is is that a that, that's a completely different workload? And are you using InnoDB there, or are you also looking at MyRox for that workload? So um, we we have separate MySQL instances using InnoDB and RocksDB. So there are some MySQL machines which have InnoDB tables, and then there is a different set of MyRox machines which are using RocksDB tables. So within the same okay. uh, yeah within the same MySQL instance, we don't use both InnoDB and RocksDB. Yeah. Okay. Where what's the dividing line for you? When would you choose to use Rocks versus InnoDB? Yeah, right now the dividing line has been more like the key value store use cases. So those key value store use cases which have been using HBase and which might use HBase in the future, no, those are being put in MyRox. Uh, whereas the SQL uh, use cases, they are continuing to go to MySQL, yeah. Okay, and are you also sharding MySQL? Yes, like so uh, after HBase was introduced, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the InnoDB side, I mean, like, so are you doing both rocks and InnoDB sharding? So, so the, our sharding logic, no, that part is kind of um, shared in the sense it's a similar logic, which is, um, okay. we, um, yeah, so we, based on the sharding key, you know, we hash it and that, that logic is sort of, uh, that's in the application and it's kind of shared between uh, MySQL and MyRocks. So, um, yeah, so MySQL, also, we have sharded. So we did two kinds of sharding. One is like vertical sharding where we can keep different tables on different MySQL instances. Um, and then more recently, we also built horizontal sharding where we could split one logical table into multiple physical tables. And these physical tables could be on the same or different MySQL machines. So. Yeah, and those are available to MyRox as well. This again goes back to what I said earlier that some of the tools and stuff that we have built for MySQL, they are sort of reusable for MyRox. So whatever sharding we have built, we are sort of reusing that for MyRox as well. Okay, and so so this migration, um, you know, from HBase to, to the MyRox setup, how hard was it? Was it something yeah, that was fairly straightforward? So, um, well, I mean, it, it took some time. And so, I mean, I had some previous migrations experience as well. So in that sense, you know, at a high level, we were doing similar uh, 
uh, we we followed the standard approach of um, okay you start double writing things to myrox and and hbase and then you you do the backfilling to get the old data onto myrox and then you do the reads the dark reads to compare if you are seeing similar results with uh, between the hbase and the new myrox system and once you see that okay you are getting uh, same results you know if you feel confident at that point you cut over uh, to myrox where the production starts reading from the uh, myrox but you again keep around the ability to go back if something bad were to happen so so in that sense even if you, even after you have cut over to myrox you continue to do double writing to hbase and that way you know um yeah so hopefully uh, yeah if, if there is any issue you can go back and so things are uh, hopefully fine yeah okay so yeah so you 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 did that approach where it was do everything in parallel once you validated fail over and leave it up and running for a while in case you fail back you know need to fail back um and uh so so you're now in production though with myrox correct yes so what kind of differences have you noticed? What I mean, like, like you know, I saw there were some pretty significant performance improvements, right? Yes. Like, so, um, yeah, we, we have been migrating table by table. And then um, we mainly, we, uh, we started choosing the higher QPS tables, like, uh, because uh, there was a long tail of low QPS tables. We did not want to worry about them at the beginning. So, um, yeah, so the high QPS tables, we started migrating. And so the main things that we saw are um, the P99 latency is a lot more stable. So with HBase, you know, uh, we would see that, okay, the P99 latency, if you watch the graph, you know, for a few hours, you often see it, it goes up to sometimes more than one second, two seconds. So, uh, yeah, so that uh, the P99 latency has been much more stable uh, with Myrox. That's one thing that we have seen. The other thing is, um, yeah, we also saw the uh, uh, the actual P99 latency number uh, much uh, uh, lower. Um, so, so we had like two kinds of um, use cases. One is where the bulk loaded tables, uh, where the writes happen only through bulk loads. And then there were other tables where the writes were happening on a continuous basis regularly. So generally the bulk loaded tables, you know, we saw even higher improvements. Sometimes maybe 10 times the P99 latency was better. Wow. Uh, pardon? Um, yeah, the reason... Oh, I, I, I said, wow, 10 times. Yeah, that, that's a lot. Yeah, 10 times. Yeah, yeah. So I think the reason for that, um, one reason is that... Um, uh, with Myrox, you know, the way we are doing, we are handling these tables, you know, uh, we write to a different instance than we read from, so that when the bulk load is happening at high speed, you know, uh, the read performance hopefully is not affected by this bulk load. So, um, yeah, that, that uh, I think contributed so, to some of the higher performance. And so one of the other things, and I don't know, you know, that I know from a, a RocksDB perspective, it, it's... It's fairly efficient on space. Did you did you happen to save more you know uh, space, physical disk space, uh, with this migration as well? Uh, I think uh, HBase is also good with compression. So, uh, okay. but anyway, that space was not the main thing that we were looking for. The space saving, uh, yeah. So I would say maybe comparable space. Uh, the only thing is with HBase, you know, 
uh, it already keeps three copies of data and on top of that no, uh, we needed slave cluster like HBA slave cluster where some tables had to be kept there uh, for dumping to hive and so on so there um, yeah so that we with myrox we just keep three copies that's it like not um, uh, six copies like HBA's um, yeah so but then those okay. six copies were not being maintained for all tables it was only for a few tables yeah okay and you know, so you know, it seems like you know there's there's been quite a bit of work here um, from a from a management perspective. I know that you mentioned using replication and some other things before, but for for this use case, for for your your Myrox deployments, you're not using standard replication. You're actually doing the sharding, and you it sounds like you have the shard sets where you're loading data into individual shard sets and just replicating the data yourself with with your data loads. Is that correct? So that is, that is only for tables uh, which need bulk load. So so the tables that need okay. uh, daily bulk load, um, they you know they are being put in separate Myrox machines. In those cases, we are not using replication. But for other tables, you know Myrox tables which uh, have direct writes, you know continual writes, they they use the replication. Um, does that clarify? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's it was it was just interesting, you know, reading some how you were doing some of that, um, you know, basically going to you know shard set one and you know moving all the data to the other two shards and then loading that one and then moving the you know flipping your traffic around. Um, so it was a, a very uh, interesting approach to doing those bulk loads, so you wouldn't have to incur the penalty of replication between the, the nodes. Um, that 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 was that was kind of interesting, and uh, telling that uh, you know you probably have quite large data loads <laughs> uh, that could potentially impact things. Now, um, you, you mentioned using time to live, uh, and this is not something that's generally available in MySQL InnoDB, right? So, uh, how is that used in the application? Um, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about that because. That's a feature that's kind of unique in the MySQL ecosystem to Myrox, correct? Right. That's uh, uh, yeah. That's available in Myrox, but not available in um, MySQL. So, yeah, I think that is mainly like if, if there is some generated data or something, you know, uh, we may choose to keep it around only for some limited time. After that, maybe the validity. Um, maybe it's no longer valuable and so we just automatically drop it. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's more for like um, a data that's either generated or, I mean, certainly for uh, user data like questions or answers, we don't want to have this uh, time to live. It's, um, yeah. Does that answer your question? But if it was like metrics or cache or anything like that, session data for individual login sessions, you might have a time to live. Um, yeah, or they might be offline jobs which are generating some data, and then uh, maybe that data can be generated again. So, uh, yeah, maybe yeah, we, we might want to keep it only around for um, some number of days. And yeah, okay. And overall, you seem pretty happy with the results so far. I mean, is you know, so maybe tell us, uh, you know, this migration and getting things moved over. Was there anything that was really surprising? 
Um, you, you've used my rocks for a while now, so it might not be surprising this time. But as you started using my rocks in the past, what are some of those features that you look at and say, like, that's really cool? Or I really like that. Yeah, I think uh, certainly compared to InnoDB, you know, uh, the RocksDB has much better compression. So that uh, certainly uh, I like that. Uh, if, if the data set is large, you know, certainly you want to have it compressed. Then, uh, yeah, some of these features like the time to live and so on, when the application needs it, that's um, good to have some efficient way of purging old data. Then the other thing I also like is uh, if you need, if you have uh, tables where the write rate is high, you know. So traditionally, MySQL, the InnoDB was optimized for reads. So if you have like some workloads where the write rate is high, you know, uh, that's another thing, area okay. where MyRox tends to perform better. So uh, yeah, those are some of the things, uh, um, yeah, that, that I like about MyRox. Okay. And you did, I, I saw you filed a few bugs. So there were some things you wanted to work a little better. Um, you know, so hopefully, uh, uh, you know, so, some of the folks out there, whether it's Vadim or uh, uh, Yoshinori, are, are, are going to watch this. And so uh, if there's a couple of those things that you want to mention, like, hey, it would be even better if it, it, it kind of sounded like the bloom filter was a pretty big deal for performance. And you might be able to squeak out a little bit more performance with yeah. that. Um, yeah. Prefix-based Bloom filter. Yeah, that was one of the things. Then um, RocksDB has a multi-get, but MyRox is not using um, multi-get. That's what we was we were told. So since since often we request a bunch of keys with key value store. No? So um, yeah, I think if MyRox were to leverage the multi-get in RocksDB, you know, uh, that can give better performance. Uh, and then. For InnoDB, this handler interface is supported. So if someone is doing simple requests, you know, trying to get rid of all this SQL parsing overhead and stuff, you know, we can use this handler interface and uh, get, get better. Oh, you're going really old with that because they, they used to, the, the handle interface used to be a big thing in InnoDB. Um, I, I have not looked at that in years, but I remember when uh, people would use that because there was, an, uh, there was a handler interface. Yep, and something like that being um, made available for RocksDB would be even better because um, I, I think a lot of key value store use cases might be using uh, RocksDB storage engine. So there you may not need the overhead of all the SQL parsing and stuff. So it might be even more useful like for RocksDB. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, and 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 Vamsi, let me let me f finish with this. Uh, any advice to other people who are going to be looking at rocks or looking at my rocks? Anything that you that you learn knowledge to pass along to them, you know, uh, that would be useful. Yeah, I mean, I would say the usual the standard things in the sense you start off a little bit small in the sense pick some a table or some representative use case and then experiment with that. And then, um, um, yeah, have this, um, yeah, do this shadow reads and uh, validate what you are seeing, like both in terms of performance as well as in terms of correctness, you know. Shadow reads is going to help you validate both those. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and also it's very important to have the ability to go back, like when you are trying new systems, you know. Uh, you want to also think about what happens if, like, if you switched over to the new system, you know, 
and you are serving production traffic and something unexpected happens, uh, make sure that you can quickly switch back as well. So um, yeah, once, once you have some of these standard things, you know, uh, then uh, hopefully you are in a uh, good shape. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, great. Well, MZ, thanks for stopping by and sharing your story around you know migrating to Myrox um, and some of the reasons why. Um, if you want to follow uh, along on some of the, the journey there, uh, the Quora Engineering blog has quite a few uh, articles on the infrastructure, um, including how they do sharding and uh, you know some of the benchmarks and some of the things that they ran into uh, with this migration. But uh, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. And as I mentioned, you know, Quora, uh, we have a lot of users, a lot of scalability challenges. There's a lot of opportunities and we are hiring as well. So if uh, anyone is interested, there you go. yeah, if anyone is interested, Absolutely. yeah, we, we have opportunities in many areas like data, whether it's databases, caching, machine learning, product development, any, you name it. Like we, we have opportunities in all the areas. So yeah, thanks for inviting me. Like, yeah. Yep, uh, appreciate it. And if you are looking for something, want to do some big data challenges, um, you know, definitely uh, take a look at the, the Quora job boards there and see what's available. <laughs>